Welcome to episode 15 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today, I brought on a friend of mine named Cassidy, and I met Cassidy because we are both in um, a mastermind together, and her business is just so cool. When people tell me they want to start making money blogging, um, I think of Cassidy. And I think of another person in the same mastermind who you will hear from in a later episode. But Cassidy has an amazing story. She makes a lot of money blogging. And she is somebody who has really, really, really niched down and has really found her sweet spot in her niche. And she is the go-to person in her industry. And She is doing amazing things online. I tell her all the time, I want to be like you when I grow up because SEO is not my thing. I know a little bit about it, but I do not implement a lot of what I know just because I'm doing other things. So you're definitely going to learn a lot. If you want people to find you online and you want people to land on your website when they search for certain keywords, then you are going to love my interview with Cassidy. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Cassidy, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Okay. So first start off by just telling everybody what you do, because I'm obsessed with what you do and you are like the poster child of the riches are in the niches because you are so niche. Yes. And it's funny because actually I was talking to someone about this the other day, but I actually feel like I could niche more. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, I run the website Succulents and Sunshine. So we just teach people how to grow succulents. And that is all. I mean, it's not all, but that's what our website is. So how did you start doing this? Like what were you doing before you started this website? And when did you start this website? So before I started the website, I was actually doing food and product photography and, and that's what my background is in. So I have a BFA in photography and I started a photography blog cause you know, five, six years ago, that was the thing everyone was doing. But I, I bought a few succulents and I started posting about what I was doing with them on my photography blog And then when I found out you could make money online or through a blog, I put analytics on the site and realized no one was coming to my photography. They're all coming to my succulent posts, which were basically just like, hey, here's what I'm trying this week. And apparently you can propagate these from leaves. So I'm trying this and this. You know, it wasn't anything super exciting, at least not that I thought. But no one was writing about it really online at the time. So this was about six years ago. And then I made a really conscious switch to take all of that succulent stuff and put it on its own website because, um, especially at the time, um, it was a really big deal to have your keyword in your URL and that still helps for search traffic, but, um, people were, you know, spamming it. And so it's less of a, 
a ranking factor now, but I switched it all over to succulents and sunshine and I cleaned up the posts and made them a little bit more instructive and more like a tutorial and basically just haven't looked back. We've just continued to post new content and share new things. I started doing a little more like real research and kind of some experimenting and just documenting it all on the blog. But then also making sure I was actually following, you know, good like SEO practice and all of that online business awesomeness. And when was this? So I believe I bought the Succulents and Sunshine domain name in 2013. It was on Valentine's Day. Okay. And so you did this just by basically going into your Google Analytics and seeing what people were responding to. And you said, hey, I think I found the needle in the haystack keyword situation. So I'm going to capitalize on this. Is that how that worked out? Yep, exactly. So I, I knew that I wanted to get, you know, organic search traffic. And so when I put analytics on the site and I saw I was already getting some without trying, um, I knew that I could do a lot better if I actually put some more effort into it. And the keywords we were ranking for at the time were not big. Um, I think, I think back then, um, one of the keywords we were ranking for was propagating succulents or how to propagate succulents. And it was getting like two to 300 searches a month. Now it's gone up because succulents have um, taken off and a lot more people are searching that. But it wasn't a huge keyword. And that was the thing that actually is would still be my approach now is picking a keyword that's smaller because most people aren't going to be targeting it and then building out from there. Okay, so then how do you do that? Like, let's get into some like education. How do you pick a keyword that is smaller? Tell me about the tools that you use and what kind of strategies you put into place while you're even starting the search for keywords. And then when you find them, what you do next? Okay. So I, I don't do as much of this as I used to because our site is big enough that we do tend to just rank for a lot of things. But, um, right now we're approaching, um, we want to kind of branch out and we want to start ranking for individual types of succulents. So the actual like species names or common name, like, so some of them that you guys might be familiar with would be like aloe vera, which is humongous. Um, and then like string of pearls or things like that. And what I've been doing is I'll just go through, um, I'll just go do a Google search, um, for the word that I want to rank for. And there's a Chrome extension called keywords everywhere. And it is the best thing ever. So it will show you how much search traffic a keyword is getting, um, each month. And if you're just starting out or if you're, you know, approaching a new topic, I usually recommend starting with a keyword that's getting around a thousand searches a month. Um, it's enough that it will generate some traffic for you, but not so that it's going to take forever to rank for it or that there's going to be a lot of bigger websites trying to compete for it. Um, I know a lot of people will pay attention to like, there's, um, a competition, um, number out there. And then like the, um, cost per click number, which those are all, for advertisers. So if you were going to pay for that keyword, if you're going to pay for an ad to show up there, that's roughly how much you'd expect to pay. Um, and then the 
competition basically tells you how many com- how many people are competing for that keyword for ads. So I don't feel like it's super, super helpful. You can look at it and be like, okay, there's a lot of people paying for ads, so it might be something that um, you know I'd want to rank for. But basically, I'm just looking at keywords everywhere and finding something in that thousand, maybe up to ten thousand range. Um, you can do lower than a thousand, but I feel like it's not quite enough traffic to make it worth it. But you know, if it's like eight or nine hundred, go for it. Um, and then once I have that keywords everywhere will show you like some related search terms and even using like the autofill on Google, you know, a lot of people recommend using that to see what other um, phrases you can use. And sometimes you may need to think of like synonyms for words. So for example, I, I kept getting questions about like, okay, when should I repot my succulents or how do I even pot a succulent? So I started searching for how to pot a succulent. Um, that came up with some very different articles than I would probably want to be ranking for. Um, it kind of got stuck <laughs> on how to pot. Um, but what I realized was the phrase that people were actually searching for was how to plant succulents. And that got a lot higher search traffic. So make sure you're kind of like, looking at different ways of saying things because even though they will have a similar search result, if you can get it the way that most people are searching, you're going to do a lot better. Um, and so then from there, once I have that keyword, then I go and write my post. I have that keyword and related and keyword also being like a phrase, right? Like how to plant succulents. Um, would be a whole, that whole thing's a keyword. And then I would go write the blog post, keeping that keyword in mind, but not necessarily like trying to stuff it in exactly. I really write all of my content the way I talk and in a way that flows and makes sense. And that's my very first goal is having a really good article that sounds normal and makes sense. And then afterward, I'll go back and as I'm editing, if I'll, if I notice something that's similar to my keyword, sometimes I'll switch it, you know, and if I said, you know, if you're looking to plant your succulents, I might switch it to say, if you want to know how to plant your succulents, you know, it's just making those little tweaks to get that keyword in there. But Google's pretty smart these days, so they can usually tell uh, if, you know, if it's close enough. I do also use the keyword in my title and then also in headers. So in every blog post, we're actually going back and updating old posts, but you want to make sure you have subheaders and use the keyword or some variation of it in a header. So one of the posts we get the most traffic to is how to water succulents. So that's the name of the blog post, the title, but then I have a couple subheaders that say how to water succulents indoors, how to water succulents outdoors. And the subtitle still makes sense. It doesn't feel super obnoxious. Like I'm just using that phrase over and over. Um, and then I have another header that will be like watering. Um, actually it might be like watering succulents indoors or something like that. So a little bit of a, a tweak, you know, where it's not exactly that phrase. 
And then my secret weapon, I feel like, is images. So before you even upload a photo to your website, you want to name it with your keyword in the file name. So for that watering post, the the main image that we have at the top of the post will probably be named something like how to water succulents indoors and outdoors. So I'm getting as many of my keywords in there as I can. And then when I upload it, then I copy that same information and put it into the alt text, which in theory is what would show if the image doesn't load, but Google can read it and they can read your file name too. And that for me, I think has been one of the main reasons why I've been able to generate so much search traffic is because my site is so image heavy. And I think that's something that a lot of um, bloggers or businesses don't necessarily think about is I have like 10 images in a blog post and most of those images are using some variation of the keywords that I'm looking for to rank for. And so it's kind of like a little extra credit in your SEO to have a bunch of images that are also telling Google, Hey, this is what this blog post is about. And honestly, it's kind of, it's really those, just those couple things that I'm focused on the title subheaders, and then the images, and then making sure naturally I have the keywords somewhere in my post. And then the other thing I guess that is actually big now is having it be a long post. And I definitely have seen this more where posts that are 500 words or more are definitely ranking better than shorter posts. A lot of people will even say like a thousand words or 2000 words plus is going to be the best, you know, length for your post. But you also want to make sure that you're not just writing a super long post just to make it super long. You want to actually provide a good reader experience as well. Okay. I love all of that. There were a few things you said that I totally picked up on one of them and we mastermind together. So I've known for a few months now that you use keywords everywhere. And when you talked about this on one of our mastermind calls months ago, I was like, okay, let me use keywords everywhere. And I actually used something different before. And then I moved to keywords everywhere because what I used before, it was kind of hit or miss for me. Um, and I was paying a hundred dollars a month for it and keywords everywhere is free. Yes, which is the best thing about it. I have not paid for a keyword tool for years and I'm doing all right with search traffic. So I love keywords everywhere because it is free and it honestly provides as much information as you need to know for the most part to to make a good post or article that's SEO friendly. And then I like how you write content the way you talk. Coming from TV news, that's how we would write our stories. It's all the way you talk. And that's the way you Google things too. You Google things the way you talk. And you also touched on now Google is liking the long posts. I feel like before it was post at least 300 words and do it more frequently. But now it's just post something good and we're going to go with Maybe if it's longer, it's better because there's more information in it. So they're liking the long posts. And for that reason, I've started taking these podcast interviews. I get them transcribed. I give them to my assistant and she turns that transcription into a blog post with those subheaders 
and getting a keyword in the title. The only thing that I really need to step up, and you're reminding me, is getting that extra credit, which I like how you put that, extra credit in your SEO by getting more and more pictures in there. Now, you are in a very visual space. You're talking about succulents. But what if there is somebody who isn't in a very visual space? What would you advise they do to get those pictures with keywords in their blog posts? You could, I mean, it doesn't technically have to be like a photograph. So, I mean, using um, screenshots, you know, if you're uploading that, that's going to be an image. Really just any sort of relevant visual that you can add. I know people feel like, oh, I'm writing about something that's super technical. There's no way I can add an image. Well, you could add an image of a happy person or, you know, just something, something that does relate to some extent or create even like a quote card, right? So a lot of people will do, you know, like a pullout quote, do it as an image instead. And then it's shareable on social media. Google can read it, you know, as an image. So you can show up in image search. So I think you just have to be kind of creative, but just think of anything you can create that would be an image file, you know, text, screen shares, stock images, and having just two or three in your post would be huge. Now tell us a little bit about your traffic. How much traffic are you getting and how are you making money from that traffic? So our traffic fluctuates pretty substantially throughout the year. So in May is when our traffic peaks and then we usually bottom out around December. Um, so in May, I think this year we got up to where we had about 500,000 visitors in a month. And now we're down to probably about 350,000. So it's it's a pretty big swing, but I would say on average we're getting, you know, 400 to 450. And the awesome thing is because the interest in succulents is going up and we're also producing more content um, year over year, we've seen at least a 10 to 20% increase in traffic. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I can't remember if you asked this part, but I'll just tell you. So from How that are you making money, honey, yes, making money. Okay. <laughs> so right now we're at a pretty even split between, uh, display ads. So that's that that income is awesome because if you have traffic, you're making money. You don't have to do extra work on top of the traffic. And then um, we do a lot of affiliate products. Um, so we have a couple places that sell succulents that we're an affiliate for. And then just like Amazon and Etsy. And then we also have a course and eBooks that we sell. So in this month, it's almost an even split between the three of them. Um, but then depending on the time of year, like November, December, our affiliate income will probably go up a little bit. It actually also goes up in May because succulents are our biggest affiliate. So that will go up then too. But yeah. So just any combination of those three things, is how we're making money. Okay. So let's go back to when you first saw, okay, look, people are searching for succulents and they're finding me. So let me grow this. So you started to just focus on succulents. Now you created your URL just for that. You started just posting on that. At what point did you realize, I'm assuming you're educating yourself about SEO a little bit and learning some tricks and um, tips and strategies. At what point were you like, 
okay, I can actually start like monetizing this because I'm getting a lot of traffic and people are finding me. And what did that look like? I started monetizing within like a month or two of having this site up because I was convinced that it was going to be like this huge moneymaker. So even when I was getting just, I don't know, a hundred page views a day, I had Google ads on there and I, I think the first time I made a hundred dollars in a month, which was their threshold for paying out was about a year later. But I also didn't really know what I was doing right when I started, <laughs> but I was making something, you know, I would get like 25 to $50 a month. Um, but yeah, so basically from the beginning and it was actually shortly after I moved it over to its own website that I found out about eBooks. Um, and I created an eBook as one of my very first monetization strategies and I didn't feel like it was a super good launch at the time, but when I went back and looked at the numbers, the first month we published the ebook, I think we made almost a thousand dollars. That's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And at the time I was reading things like, oh, we're gonna have this ten thousand dollar launch, you know, it's so I'm like, oh man, you know. No, but people say that, but awesome. they don't tell you that they spent nine thousand dollars on the launch. So they really right. only profited a thousand. So I think you're still good. <laughs> Yeah. And especially because I didn't know what I was doing. I, I think the only email list I really had was actually just like the RSS feed. And so I'm pretty sure I just published a blog post that said, Hey, I've got this new ebook. And that was essentially my email launch. That's all I did. Um, so I didn't have an official email list at the time. So all things considered looking back, it was a really, it was a really good launch. That's amazing. So would you say your monetization, I guess your roadmap was you started with display ads, then you went to an ebook, um, and then you went to affiliate products. And then maybe after that you created a course. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I've, so since that very first ebook I've created, it depends on how you look at it. I've created several more since then. Uh, we have like four that are kind of our core eBooks and the course has now been out for, I think two years. Yeah. Two years. So it's been a while and we, I really didn't pick up on, on affiliate marketing until about three and a half years ago, maybe. I, I took a course on blogging and she started talking about affiliate marketing. I'm like, and at the time I'd had Amazon ads, but that was it. And I'm like, Oh, I should really be looking into this. Like I need to find somewhere that sells succulents, you know, and cause that's really what people want to buy. So I started with Etsy and then eventually, um, cause people will sell succulents on Etsy. And then I eventually reached out to some different online, um, succulent stores and now we have partnerships with a few different online stores. That's awesome. And so on the surface, it looks like you're in the succulent business, but I feel like as we dig deeper, you're really in the content creation business and that's how you get your money and your customers and your visitors and all of that. So you've really become like not just a succulent expert, but a content creation expert. Yeah. And honestly, it's funny when like we'll talk to different neighbors and they're like, oh, so you guys sell succulents. 
no, we don't. We just teach people how to grow them. And it's so confusing to people. I'm like, I know it's just how it is, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's all about content and information and just helping people learn. And we happen to be doing it with succulents. Which is the coolest because it happened by accident. So have you learned to love succulents more than ever now that it wasn't just like a one-off thing? Like, here, I'm going to take pictures of my succulents for my photography blog. Now you're like really in it. Yeah. Yeah. We're really in it. And my love for succulents comes and goes. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, which, um, so I published a book three years ago and after I wrote the book, I swore off succulents. I'm like, I will never touch one again. And then a month later, I was back at it. So it comes and it goes, but it always comes back. But it is really it is really fun. And it's something that I enjoy. It's something I can do with my kids, which has also been fun. If you ask my four-year-old um, what he does, he'll tell you he works at Succulents and Sunshine. That's the cutest. And- he waters the plants and I bought a succulent for my birthday one year and he was with me when I bought it. And he's like, well, I want a birthday succulent. So he, he got one too. And now he can spot it if we're like driving around or walking around and he sees one, he'll be like, that's my birthday succulent. Oh my gosh. I was just at the store last weekend and I saw like now I cannot see a succulent and not think of Cassidy. Like every time I see a succulent. I just think about you and I'm like, Ooh, if I ever needed to know how to keep that thing alive, I would know where to turn. Um, yep. <laughs> so funny. And then, so on the fourth episode of this podcast, I had Amy Landino on who is an amazing YouTuber who teaches people how to make money on YouTube and how to grow their YouTube channels and YouTube, since you are in the content creation business, Um, YouTube is something that you are like dominating, especially lately. You just hit 10,000 subscribers. So tell me a little bit about your strategy on adding YouTube as a source of getting more people to your website. I'm really glad you asked that because that is actually something that is also helping our on-site, uh, SEO as well. So Basically, our strategy was just to take all of our top performing blog posts and turn them into videos. So if you watch the videos on our YouTube channel and then you go and read the blog post, you'll be like, oh, this is this is almost identical. Not all of them are, but we really followed a really similar approach to the YouTube videos. And once the videos go live, um, we're emailing them out to our list, which helps generate traffic. And then we're also embedding them in the related blog posts. And that's helping YouTube realize that, oh, these videos are worth showing people because they're getting views elsewhere. Um, it's helping increase our time on page on the website, uh, which also helps with search rankings. It's one of those little factors. And then... Um, I don't know, just, I, it's all kind of a, a happy way of helping each other. Um, and so I think that's been the way that our, our YouTube channel though has really grown is from having the videos embedded on these really high traffic blog posts. So it's giving YouTube good signals and then, um, YouTube will start showing us more in related content. And something that I love about you, and I tell you this, like you're probably tired of hearing it because I tell you it every time we talk is that you are so good 
at being super strategic and doing one thing at a time until it's successful and then moving to the next. So like there's so many people who they want to start a blog and then they want to start a YouTube channel, but you did your blog. It was super successful. And now you're doing YouTube, but you're using your blog to tell you what to make videos of. And that's why you are also successful on YouTube. I feel like it's, you're just so strategic about everything and you take your time and you're very thorough about every single step that you take. And I think that's why you have been so successful in this crazy niche that you're in. Yeah. And now we're also, we're kind of in this spot where we have a massive audience. And so they're essentially telling us what they want to see, which is a huge, huge deal. Um, that's something that is hard when you're starting out is you don't necessarily have that audience to say, Hey, I was wondering how to drill a hole in the pot that I'm going to use for my succulents. You know, you're not getting those questions. So that's something that we've really taken advantage of is, you know, like you're saying, looking at the traffic, seeing what is working on the website, and then also just asking for input from our audience. And we actually started a series last fall. Um, I, it started because I hadn't planned ahead. And so we had this Facebook group and I'm like, oh, I'll just, I, I don't have anything to share in my weekly email. So I'll just ask people in the Facebook group, like what questions they want answered. And I answered 10 questions in one email. It was so long. It was a crazy email, but people loved it. So then we took that and we started this FAQ series where we, we started out with five and then we trickled down to two and we've sh shifted gears since then a little bit, but we would answer a question every week and we turned it into a blog post. And I would not say that that has been like a complete game changer for the website, but those FAQs now are finally starting to rank in Google. And so now we're getting an extra two to 3,000 page views a week from those FAQs, whereas we wouldn't have had them before. So it, it's been awesome to be able to have the audience to pull from and just kind of take what they're giving us and, and run with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I want to switch gears to talk about real quickly your new passion project, which is like a side thing, something that you're doing for fun, but you're a genius in this. So I'm sure you'll find a way to monetize it later down the road. Um, can you tell us all a little bit about that and what is coming? Yeah. All right. Show me the good. Is that what you're thinking yes. of? Okay. Yeah. So I, I had just had this like overwhelming kind of feeling or impression, um, that I wanted to share people's little, stories of doing good things because I hate watching the news. Um, I don't, I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the news. I don't read it. Like I'm probably one of the most sheltered people, you know, because I just don't want to see what's out there. And so I wanted to, to focus on little things that people are doing just to kind of inspire people to do a small Deed like the the first story that's on there is um, a couple friends and I were going to meet up at the park to go um, just play and hang out, kind of have a break, let our kids play together and be outside. And I woke up that morning and I was just feeling sick. And I'm like, dang it, I can't go to the park. 
So I text my friends. I'm like, Hey guys, sorry, I can't come. I'm feeling sick. And one of my friends said, well, why don't I bring you dinner? And at first I was like, no, she doesn't need to bring me dinner. She just had a baby like six weeks ago. And anyway, but I'm like, Kevin can make dinner. We don't need her to bring it. But I, I ended up just saying, okay, yeah, that'd be great. And so this friend who just had a baby six weeks ago, you know, brought me dinner, didn't change my life, but it was so nice. And now we're addicted to a new brand of tortilla chips, you know, and it was just something that I don't think was actually a big deal to her, but was a huge deal for me. And I just want people to feel like, whatever little thing they can do, whatever way they can serve the world is worthwhile. Because I think that's something that's missing. We see all these like huge, you know, um, humanitarian uh, projects or things like that, but really just calling a neighbor and asking how they're doing or just something little can have a huge impact on someone's life. And that's, that's what I want to focus on is just sharing little stories of people doing good things and just kind of having like a good news outlet. I love that. We need more of that. Um, that's awesome. Okay. So Cassidy, where can people find show me the good and where can they find out, um, a little bit more about you and if they want to buy a succulent, where do they go to keep it alive? Yes. Um, so it's just showmethegood.com uh, is where that one lives right now. And then anything succulent related, just succulentsandsunshine.com. And you can find out where to buy succulents there, how to keep them alive. You can email me from there um, just through the about page. Yeah. And then we, if you want to join, we have a really awesome Facebook group too. If you just look up succulents and sunshine community on Facebook, um, we have a growing Facebook group there, which is really fun. And then basically everywhere we're just succulents and sunshine on YouTube and Instagram. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cassidy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So now you probably have a long list of things to do and things that you need to start implementing right away to get traffic to your website. Something that I do to try to follow in Cassidy's SEO genius footsteps is I turn this podcast into a blog post. So I get every episode transcribed and I don't just post the transcription because a lot of times the transcription doesn't make a lot of sense because we don't write the way we talk exactly. So I get it transcribed and then I tweak it. I throw in some subheaders and I put it on my website as a blog post in addition to links to download this podcast episode. So I'm hoping Cassidy will approve and I will get more traffic to my website when people search those keywords because they are written on my website in those blog posts. So Cassidy, again, thank you so much for sharing this valuable information. And as y'all know, SEO is not my jam, but publicity and earning exposure is. So if you want more people to find you, a big part of SEO that we did not talk about is getting those link backs. 
So having those other sites talk about you and link back to your website, that lets Google know that you are important and you know what you're talking about and you are in demand. And that will move you up higher in the search engine. So the best way to get those link backs is to earn exposure in the media. You can do this by being interviewed and by being quoted. And you can also do this by becoming a contributor to many outlets. I've written for Inc. Magazine, for Fast Company, Huff Post, Thrive Global, and many more. And this is a great way to showcase that you are an expert in your industry because you're always talking about it. You're writing about it for these very credible and these sites that have a lot of authority. And then you get link backs on those sites. Again, it tells Google you're important because a great website is linking back to you. So if you want to learn how to get more exposure like that, either as an interview or as a contributor, make sure you head to mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity. I have a free three-day media class that will get you all set up. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing from you next week. And next week... I am going to take over my own podcast again. So I know I did this a few episodes ago when I told you that I was only going to do it once a quarter. But after I did that solo episode, I got a lot of feedback from people and they loved it and they wanted more. And it was actually one of the highest downloaded episodes that I have had on the Become a Medium Even podcast so far. So I think maybe instead of once a quarter, once a month, I will take over my podcast and do a solo episode. So that's going to happen again next week. And I hope to see you there.